what it is. What's up? Got your podcast in the cut. Uh, the Tell Us It's a Societal Podcast. And we got another music-related topic today. So, uh, it, it, you know, this is a low-key cut, so I'm not going to assume that y'all listen to this dude. But if you mess heavy with SS Tentacion, um in his last couple years in hip-hop, um, he collaborated with members only. And one specific artist and members only, Rob Banks, uh, was a very interesting persona. Now, I came to find out about this guy not through um, members only, but uh, I forgot. It was uh, it was mid, I want to say mid-2017, maybe like the first couple months of uh, school, which would have been like, I guess, September-ish. And I just, I think I just threw calendars on. I think I heard C2 first because of, um, it might have been because of S. It might be because of the end of that. But for whatever reason, I got onto Rob uh, that year, and primarily it was uh, because of calendars that I kept on playing him. Uh, calendars is a tape from 2012 that I guess was supposed to, supposed to be dropped late 2011, but because of Rob's beef with ASAP, which is the whole other topic right there, and specifically Rocky, uh, he pushed it back, and... It is in the same... I, I know that's a guy that doesn't like to be compared to other artists and other genres and all that-ish. But uh, it was very comparable to Live Love and the fact that it was a cloud rap uh, classic. It had even a a uh, beat that was initially produced by uh, Clan Tresino on Finest, which is probably the general peak of that album for most people. Uh, it is truly a SoundCloud listen you gotta listen to calendars and because of rob shock dropping calendars on streaming services yesterday anybody wants to listen to it can listen to it now first of all just two things i didn't think there's anywhere any way that rob could clear that album um just put a context i'm not pocket watching anything like that but Rob isn't a very large artist. I mean, some of his biggest songs have a few million, um, you know, views. He's got like 288,000 monthly, which is solid for underground artists. Solid, you know, that's fine. But I mean, this just isn't a big guy. And he, if you've heard of Aaliyah's family, Aaliyah being the uh, artist that did one in a million, which is sampled on here. And, um, you know, the let me know let me know <laughs> at your best you are love uh her family has like a vice grip on her music uh they should have had a vice grip on her life related to r kelly but they didn't um and with that it's very difficult to do anything related to her content and music but rob evidently cleared uh just about a three minute uh leah sample of one in a million uh sampled big pimpin uh, by, I think it's UGK, I wanted to say it was just, um, Pimp C, uh, Bun B, but I think it's UGK, uh, there's some crazy, like, samples on here, there's another one by this DG Yola fellow, which, I mean, he isn't a very big artist, but, um, I mean, it's, whoever produced this, I believe it was his homeboy, uh, Matt Meyer Lansky did a lot of beats on here, who, unfortunately, doesn't get, like, credited on this album which kind of it's weird to me like he even he credits his friend young neil uh once but he doesn't credit this dude 
who was like who basically produces who basically produces sound but it is what it is but yeah he he like samples uh trap star by young jeezy they dyking by Lil boosie uh samfa track sb track uh another clance latino beat gorilla on counting i mean just some crazy samples on here outcast uh on summertime and it's like i don't know um, I don't know how you clear at this. Like, I, I'm told that Spotify's made it easier for mixtapes to be added, which I have not heard about that. But, I mean, it would make sense because, and uh, going to my next point, uh, I also want to say, like, Calendars is like, like without my biases, it's a very good mixtape. Um, and generally thought of as a cult classic on SoundCloud. Please listen to it. Uh, so other people can feel like it's financially worth clearing samples. But anyway, move on to my next point. A lot of classic um, tapes have been added on Spotify from all walks of life. Um, really just all like, how should I say, tears, uh, big artists, small artists, who, who have you. Uh, we've gotten Acid Rap, 1999, um, by Joey Badass, another amazing mixtape. Uh, Future's entire discography basically has been added at this point. I don't know what at this point hasn't been added from Future. Uh, it kind of, it's been like a gradual thing since about 20, I want to say 17, he's been adding this stuff. Uh, but he's got pretty much most of the, at least most of the recent classics. Uh, let's see, or at least one of the ones that most people mess with is from his 2015-2016 run. He's got Astronaut Stats, which was an album, I believe. Uh, Pluto, that's an album. And it goes to tapes. Beast Mode, I believe, got added three years ago, maybe two. Uh, I think 56 Nights was... I think 56 Nights is fairly recent. I think it was the past two years. Dirty Sprite 2 was added, I believe, earlier this year before he dropped his last album, uh, I believe. Wait, no, Dirt Sprite 2 is already on there. Was it? Yeah, yeah, Dirt Sprite 2 is already on there. Uh, Purple Rain's definitely added uh, after he dropped his last album, uh, High Off Life. Evol was, I believe, a couple years back. I always remember, like, Tidal had uh, Purple Rain and then Spotify had Evol. And they didn't, they, those two were like, mutually exclusive. And I always mess with Tidal hard because Purple Rain's way better than Evol. Um,. But yeah, going back to my point, I mean, he just added like, quite a few tapes that were very likable and won in the past couple years. So that's cool by Future, uh, Big Artist. So far gone, obviously, Big Artist. Plus, Drake dropped all his uh, Lucy's. Uh, pretty much all of his classes that weren't already on streaming services that I know of. Uh, I think he put... Let's, let's go back to that. Let's revisit that. I'm sorry the, the length of this because I wanted this to be shorter, but it's just got to be what it is. Days in the East, yeah, he put Days in the East, uh, 4 p.m. in Calabasas, which I think that, I think all of his p.m. a.m. tracks are on Spotify now, uh, 9 a.m. in Dallas is the only one I'm, I'm, I'm iffy on, that might not be on there, but the rest of them should be on this, at this point on there, 6 p.m. in New York, that was on a, if you're reading this, I believe, uh, 5 a.m. in Toronto is also on here, one of the all-time great Drake, Drake rapping albums, or rapping performances. Uh, how about now? Trust issues, dreams, money can buy. I, listen, 
Well, he he put dreams money can buy like uh, like a few months after uh, Jai Paul put um, the leak leak joints. Um, I forgot what he called it, but the leak ones, the, the self titled. And it was like, yo, this is Jai Paul a year, my dude. That's what I, that's my first thought was. Uh, Jodeci freestyle, uh, club paradise, free spirit, girls love Beyonce. Paris Morton music, he the moment. I mean, he pretty much put all of his like classics, like Lucy's, on there to that point. At least when he was a, a younger, smaller artist. Um, Pilot trilogy. Uh, I remember just like looking up because I loved uh, "Froze" by Riff Raff on Pilot Talk Three. That's like the only Currency song I really messed with. Um, I just I just don't listen to Currency. Like he has some good work. I just don't listen to him that much. I'm not a big stoner. Um, artist like type that's just not like me but um that is a very good song and he does have some other tapes that are very classic that uh i know so fly with wiz khalifa got added uh a little while back which is another classic tape that i think people should should listen to um legend of harvard blue that's a mistape that he uh put on there I don't think I, that might be after the fact, but I think I might have just put on there. Anyway, he's got way too many songs to scroll through all of this, but this ain't a mixtape. That's another one he's added on there. Uh, so that's a smaller artist that can, you know, afford to clear some of the stuff he was working with. Uh, Best Day Ever by Mac Miller. And that will be, <laughs> be a clean transition to my last point. Tapes I like to see on there. I wanted to do just five, but I mean, there's so many that I like to see on here. Uh, and the first, I, this isn't the one I like to see the most, but I think this is the one that would serve a lot of value in hip hop in general. Um, Faces by Mac Miller, uh, one of the premier rapping, uh, let's say, exhibitions of the mid 2000s. Maybe it's the entire 2010s period, not the mid 2000s, 2010s period. Uh, this is an incredible album. Like the samples are very fun. Uh, you know, movie samples when you come to Mac Miller are always always very good. And uh him and Action Bronx have that lane where they sample like album not albums, but music, uh not music, <laughs> T V and movies and, and stuff like that. It's usually obscure or at least like their audience don't know what they are sampling and it's always very interesting. Like it may not relate to their actual songs, but it's always very fun to listen to what they to what they are interested in. Uh, you get a peek into what they like. But also some of the, the best... Uh, I can close Spotify now because none of these, as I'm saying, are on Spotify. These are all on music. Uh, my Apple Music. A, okay. I hate Apple so much sometimes, but like I legit tried to open music for like five minutes. and there, There's no editing going on in this. I can tell that right now. This is recording on my phone. There's no editing happening. But anyway, uh, Faces Mac Miller 2014. Uh, this was like... I don't remember there's any build-up to this tape. I think he just dropped it. Which with a lot of mistakes back in the day, there wasn't, like, build-up. Like, Drake... I know Drake's mistake, uh, I think it was so far gone. Like, made mistakes into, like, albums and stuff like that. It probably wasn't the first one, but the one most people think about as the first one. Um, but even with that, like, mistakes wasn't getting, like, billed as, like, these hype products you need to be looked at until, like... Pretty much the line between mistakes and albums have been completely blurred in the, um the past few um past few years i believe it's like 2017 ish or so like you have migos drop like 
five different mixtapes any given year and like they get like no build up. Like obviously you you would like say, Hey, I'm dropping a mixtape on your, you know, Twitter or whatever, but like these didn't get builded like that. Um Another one I really like that uh, just kind of got dropped was, I believe it was McConan and uh, I think it was Key or Rome Fortunes, one of those two. Um, and that that was a very good mixtape. It just, like, dropped. Like, people did not hype mixtapes that much in the early 2010s, uh, at least not like they do now. Um, and I can't think of too many exemptions to that rule. Yeah, I probably could if I tried, but I, I can't right now. I guess you... I guess the first... The first one I was really like post mixtapes or just mixtapes was a um, coloring book by uh, by chance, and also um, August twenty sixth dropped that same day. But that was more of an example of the older, more of an um, example of the older rules because August twenty sixth just dropped and Post Malone like didn't hype that up very much. There was like no lead singles or anything like that. It just dropped it dropped the same thing. I remember because. It made thirteen was my birthday, uh, and I was, I was looking forward to the coloring book, but in uh, August twenty sixth ended up being way better, and it had no hype, no nothing like that. I mean, it was off the strength of uh, White Iverson and a couple other singles, but um, coloring book had like a lead single, um, had all this hype, all these uh, videos and stuff. I guess in pretty much essentially, uh, Ultralight Beam was a promo single because that ended up being the entire sound of the project. Uh, a very worse way, a very worse derivative of a of, uh, of ultralight beam, but you know, I, I digress. But anyway, I think that was the first one I could think of that really like sit on like mixtapes or should be treated as an album. Uh, More Life by Drake also found down, fell down that same rabbit hole, and it also sucked. So, <laughs> just telling you which one stood where. Anyway, back to faces. Uh, so this is 14 minutes now, golly. Uh, faces is just a fantastic album if you like rap it's a rapidly rap album uh but some of the features are incredible here earl sweatshirt he has a wretch feature uh sir michael rocks which is pretty much a king in the underground community from what i understand i don't i've listened to a couple uh cool kids tapes and i've <laughs> i don't want to say follow because that would be that'd be a lie but i've tried to at least keep up with their um revival a little bit a decent bit as much as i guess i could uh, reasonably without doing it for real. Uh, Schoolboy Q on Friends, cool hook. Um, the, like when I go at the samples, the sampling it doesn't ma- it just doesn't matter. Listen, you know that that's a that's a that's like a flavor flavor level build up, and that that song pays off very well. Uh, new what's the new jeans, new faces. What, what's the jeans related? The polo jeans. Where's that at? Yeah, Polo Jeans with Earl. That's also a great uh, song. Uh, Diablo, Ave Marella. Uh, Marie- <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, man. I just woke up, man. This is a great album. Please listen to this. Great mistake. Please listen to it. Uh, Mac Miller's least appreciated tape now, all things considered. Um, so going from there, I'm going to try to be a little bit quicker here. Bastard and Earl. The value these two would bring is obviously a little bit more cult-related at this point. But also would go, go to show people a lot of um, recent hip hop history because a lot of these fellas that were able to do brooding, nearly shock value um, 
music palatably, like without having to compromise really your vision and be very obnoxious personalities. And not saying like that in a negative sense, like Tyler and Earl, like horrible people and things like that. Just real dickheads. They weren't. But like they were able to be really brash personas uh, and market that as a positive really they were the first ones to do that this decade i mean odd future um i guess hobson in a sense they were like these first really the first spawns of eminem that were able to even get like a real decent grip of his relevancy um and not just in like terms of like selling songs but like being figures of the culture because i mean it's also like people in the 2000s would be like horrorcore but like they just weren't part of the culture um and i hate using that phrase but they were not relevant people tyler earl um <laughs> i guess for a little bit haji beats uh these odd future cats were very fixated in the direction of music for a while and bash and earl were just so good and so different that you had to appreciate what they were doing i mean there was like copycats of these guys like jack mushroom which shout out jack mushroom man shout out to him you know he tried to do his best while he could jack mushroom had and i don't i, I don't personally believe him as being an earl clone he was very earl inspired but i don't think he was ever a clone but he had a very similar sound he was able to market that for like two years being like a earl sounding person i guess like a year not two years really it's a year that was able to work for him for an entire year. He just sounded like Earl. And until Earl came back, he was a very relevant artist in the underground. That's crazy to think about, but that's just how it was. Um, so if you like if you like to see a bit of how we came to this point, uh, I think hip-hop now is more inspired by those dreadheads from like 2016, 17, uh, I guess 15 a little bit. They are more uh, the, the fathers of what's currently going on. But from like their fathers those people's fathers would be out of future like if you looked at what inspired x i think he has mentioned out of future to a degree so i mean you know take that with what you may you look at little persona that's definitely like tyler derived but anyway uh that's that's i'm taking too long on individual tapes I, I love these tapes that's why like i legit love every tape i'm mentioning here like these aren't just me listening i love these i've been relating to these tapes for like you know half a decade in some cases almost a decade in some cases i love these tapes um the next one days for rodeo i really have to go too deep into this um to this day it's still regarded as top three like project it's kind of i guess been a little bit more murky with um astroworld being out now which is probably his first good album or project really since rodeo in my opinion uh, like legit good, not like just yeah, like like legit good. Um, and Rodeo obviously is like the crux, the the, uh, the linchpin of of uh, Travis's career. I mean, that's what helped Travis become Travis, really. Uh, but days before Rodeo, at least for his his fans that have listened to it, and I don't know why everyone has to listen to it. I mean, SoundCloud is very accessible. It's not like I'm talking like Spinrilla or my mixtapes or you know something like that, like. Dat Piff. Well, it was on Dat. My my actual version from Dat Piff. <laughs> my 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 version from Dat Piff. But it's on SoundCloud. It's been on SoundCloud since its uh, initial release. And I think people should listen to this. I don't understand why there's so many Travis fans that haven't listened to this. Like I know there's a lot 
that are very pretentious that will tell you about days before Odeo before any other tape of his because, you know, they were there first and they want to be the pretentious hipster. I get that. You know, I, I have those moments too, especially with like Odd Future. But like, everybody should be able to have listened to this at this point. Travis is one of like the five biggest albums, or five biggest artists in hip hop, I think at least. I don't know why everyone has to listen to this tape, <laughs> or at least the majority of Travis fans. Like, anyway, um, I don't really like to list, look, even look at the track list and tell you what you should listen to if you go into this. Um, Skyfall, an incredibly produced song, uh, a spectacle, really. Um, Drugs You Should Try, Drugs You Should Try, and um, Hell of a Night, which is basically Hell of a Life by Kanye, but Travis's Redemption. Um, those two are some of his most atmospheric songs and that's saying a lot when it's Travis um Mama Sita uh, Quintana Part 2 also two of his you know when you think about Trap Travis you know Travis's take on Trap I think those are two of his standouts uh what would have made what has made his sound even desirable six years down the road those two songs are examples of that um, and Don't Play was the only song from here that's on Spotify. It's a cool little, I think it had like a, I want to say 1975 and uh, Big Sean on it. That's a really interesting, and that's that's kind of like, when you see like the juxtaposition Travis has with some of the artists he works with, that's one of his first major examples of that. I know someone on Owl Farrell, but who cares about Owl Farrell? Don't, don't put that on anywhere. Leave that where it's at. Uh, <laughs> no, no Owl Farrell hate, but that's just not a very good tape. Um... And, and yeah, I mean, just position like having two completely different artists in your feature. That's just something Travis has been able to do well in his career to this point. The entire tape is really good. I mean, Gray, uh, Zombies. There's not really a hole in this tape in the first seven or eight songs. I think the, past, the last four kind of gets a little bit murkier, but this is a classic missed tape, and anybody who's listened to it will tell you the same. Uh, speeding up a little bit, Blue Chips 1 and 2. I've mentioned Action Bronson's um, sampling. I guess more I should say um, Party Supplies to sample. But Action Bronson, like these are the type of samples you see on his uh, projects in general and his songs. At least the good ones. Um, looking at you, um, Mr. Incredible. Uh, Mr. Wonderful, not not very good. Uh, <laughs> but Party Supplies laced this entire uh, set of tapes. Just really grandstanding um, music by Action Bronson. Pretty much placed him as one of the key figures in early New York underground. And it's a damn shame that after that Ghostface Killer Ether, his he never became the same artist again. And I don't I don't say to like try to spit on Action Bronson or like bury him and nothing like that. He's a cool dude. I mean, but he handled that entirely wrong. And unfortunately, it came back to. A, to bite them, uh, you can really, you can like, if you did like a, um, a graph, like pre Ghostface Killer video to post Ghostface Killer video, his trajectory just plummeted after that. Or really, you can say after that and One Train, like it was never the same for Action Brunch after that. I feel sorry for that to be the case, but it just is. Uh, Royalty, Childish Gambino, this is going on way too long, so I'm gonna speed through this, and I hate to do that because Royalty is a good mistake. First time I ever heard Nipsey Hussle. Um, first time I think I ever seen Charles Gambino. He's like a brother or some shit like that, right? I, I, I think that he put on here. Um, I don't know what Steve G. Lover. I don't know what ever happened to him. Uh, American Royalty, fantastic. You had RZA 
and this really um just like Kanye level orchestra on there um and it was produced by Gambino like I'm looking at it right now this is produced by Gambino Gambino produced a few tracks on here now that I think about it um he had this Danny Brown uh feature that was fantastic it may be Glamour Life um he actually had a collab with Chance on here that I don't really remember very well but um yeah he had another Chance collabo um they've had a few collabos that kind of been put in different corners of the hip-hop but you know that you know this tape is just the tina fey uh a couple tina fey i think tina fey rapped on here matter of fact yeah the last track tina fey rapped uh the blake griffin intro which is very weird i don't it's kind of strange the blake griffin intro the um also in the intro you had like this um flapjack s actor on there that said you know this is royalty and she starts laughing it's like that's so strange i hit a bun b feature i mean this is just listen to this tape man. this is just like people were saying that, that gambino couldn't just do like a rap rapidly rap project and i guess to their to to to, to see where they're coming from camp had a lot of um kind of singing on there but like that was a very rap album but niggas like, nah, he couldn't just, just rap. Like, no, no, he couldn't just rap. And he just rapped, and it was fantastic. And this might be his last, like, just pure rap. Well, I, I guess because the internet was very rapidish, rapidy rap. But you would not get another rap project. Like, just rap from Gambino ever again. Like, that's never happened again, unfortunately. And you gotta, you gotta admire what you got. And uh, people need to go listen to royalty. That's admiring what we got. Uh, and, and the last two, which deserve their own entire podcast episode to discuss them uh it's military and live love asap both are on spotify podcast which has been the bridge before a lot of people listen to classic soundcloud music that's not currently on spotify but they are both on um podcast right now if you want to listen to them uh you can easily just type in the names or just type in any of the song names on there i'm not dry snitching right now but they're there go listen to them um Listen, two of the best projects that came out in 2011, uh, two of the best projects that have came out maybe ever, uh, Live Love ASAP. Listen, Rocky was able to, to live off of Live Love for like six years. <laughs> and that wasn't even, like, listen, he, he was able to, to to take Space Ghost Perp sound and Clint Casino sound <laughs> and live off of that entire career. To this point, it's still, by most people, considered his best project. The only people who try to go into like contemptuous, no, it's not. It's not his. It's not his best project. Or Rocky, Rocky fans that can't get past his last good project came out nine years ago, or not last good. I'm a Rocky fan, but his last like indubitably classic came out nine years ago. Long live, I give it eight point five. That's not like consensus classic. That's borderline. There are classic songs in there, but it's not consensus classic. Uh, At long last, mm, 8.5, maybe touching on 9. Like, right there on 9. It's close. It's his best post-tape album. It's his best post-tape project. That's what I mean to say. It's good. Uh, S-Military, 9.5 of 10, I guess. There's a couple songs that once you get to, like, the meat, uh, like, before... Before the five minute um, 
song I needed, I, I wanted, I needed before that one, and then after um after Clink, I want to say there's a couple songs I kind of like don't really mess with too much, but the the stretch between Guillotine, um, uh, I'm gonna do this on the top of my head. I'm not looking this up. Guillotine, uh, uh, Lord of the Game. No, Lord of the Game is at. It's a song between Guillotine and Sprague across a block that's that's messing me up right now. Or is there? It just goes between. I think I think it's I think it's Guillotine, Sprague across a block, and then Lord of the Game. I think I think it's those three consecutively. Those three are one of the best three uh, song stretches of the entire decade. I mean, it, like, without a doubt. I mean, it's just it's fantastic, really. Yeah, Guillotine, Sprague across a block, Lord of the Game. Uh, Tachyon was solid. Uh, Cutthroat's instrumental. Clink was fantastic. And then Clink l- leads into Culture Shock. Culture Shock. Fuck it. Yeah, that, I mean, that's, um, it's almost like a perfect track listing. Not looking at it right now. Um, the, the sample on, uh, Lord of the Game and then the, the, the chick messing girl on there. I can't really express to you how clean that is. Cause I've listened to, wait. I'm I'm confusing um I'm confusing Death Grips um the the song with with um with Lord of the Game. If you ever listen to Death Grips self-titled, which is the, I think their first project, um it's also a very good project that should be on streaming services. There's one song called Death Grips that's on the tape called Death Grips. <laughs> it's also in parentheses called Net Scripts. Um it samples Nancy Sinatra, a Lightning Girl. And the way it flips that is beautiful. It's gorgeous. Uh, and then Face Melter, How to Do Impossible Things, also. Listen, I'm done. Spotify, listen to this. Please put whatever you're doing to, to uh, have some classic joints get on there. We need more of it. We need there to be an entire like, streaming ecosystem. And I know you're going to buy SoundCloud at one point, which probably would have made it way easier to listen to these songs. Um, that fell through once you know, SoundCloud Premiers came insolvent for a while there. Um, but I know that at one point it's, that was the move. We need something like that right now. We need we need just about every classic mixtape on there. Like you don't need to be able to like submit your like, you know, shitty um tight beat, you know, pro, pro portfolio on there. We don't need that. But we need some of these classics on there. And we need face motor out of the impossible thing is on there. Uh, that's going to be about all for me. I've been talking for about 20 minutes now. 30 minutes. 30 minute podcast. Hope you'll enjoy this. This is like a fat nugget of uh, information right here. Uh, again, I just woke up, so my voice is probably mad raspy. Uh, but, you know, please just listen to content. You know, don't judge people by their looks. Judge them by their thickness. All right, peace.